You're with Kelly Higgins-Devine on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. We are continuing our special series, having a word in your ear with Professor Rolly Sussex. Sussex, this week, we're talking about the changing Australian accent, focusing on newsreaders and news reading. Now, once upon a time, this is what you'd be hearing. In a special message, congratulations to the fighter command. Mr Churchill says the results they have obtained give us just confidence in the approaching struggle. These are some of the pilots, Canadians, who are daily hurling Spitfire, Hurricane or Defiant into the masses of nuts continue to be sent against us. Rolly Sussex, good afternoon. That had a rather, it was authoritative but jolly at the same time. There was a lot of energy and bounce about that delivery. You and I both sat up straighter when that started. We did. That, you know. <laughs> we Stand to attention. In the background as well. <laughs> well, that was movie time. Mm. And it was very much a British kind of model, yes. but with the, the heroic tones of, you know, success and, and achievement. And, and, and you know, you, I found it difficult to imagine the bloke at the microphone doing that. But he always sounded the same. You know, these are marvellous things. So-and-so's puppy has had, had five feet when it was born. You know, mm. ah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't matter what you were talking about. Didn't it was the same delivery through. Yeah. But that, mm. that set the tone. Mm. And so I, I really wanted to start by asking you, you read the news for years. I did. What is special about a news mindset and a news voice when you sit in front of the microphone doing news when they're very oh, they're very different to broadcasting they're very yeah. different voices uh, it's you have to be more formal in mm -hmm. tone you have to be more direct and you have to import the the actual importance of what you're talking about uh, so that people understand that what they're hearing by the tone of your voice is important and they should be listening and I, I learned this at the feet of the master john knox hello hello Kelly. hello john you read news for a lot longer than me but uh, it, it is about in many ways it, there's a bit of theater to good delivery of of news well yes there is uh, there could be a, a bit of theater in all aspects of radio mm, this is true <laughs> what do you think makes for a good news delivery uh, I think a, a, a knowledge of the subject, mm -hmm. um, certainly a knowledge of the story. I mean, you might not understand every aspect of the uh, of the item you, you know, of, the, of the story you're dealing with, but at least you can be familiar with the the uh, words on the paper, sort of thing, mm. so that you can deliver it in a way that sounds like you're telling a story rather than just reading uh, words off a piece of paper. I'm not sure what people uh, do now, of course. It's been a while since I read a, an actual news bulletin. But uh, in the early days when I was beginning, John, I, I would uh, almost prepare a script in the same way I would prepare songs when I was singing. I would tick for the breath where I would take a breath, where it was best to do that. I would underline important words. Um, just just having a pre-read, knowing what you were going to do and how it was going to sound. Because if you pause in the wrong place or give importance to words that actually aren't the ones that, that need it, then uh, the read can sound very different. Oh, it does. 
uh, and it does happen today. Uh, certainly not much on the ABC, but it does happen on uh, some commercial stations, mm. quite a few actually, and I think probably the reason is that um, the people who are reading the news are not radio announcers or normal radio presenters such as yourself, uh, accustomed to communicating things all the time, ideas and uh, um, messages all the time, mm. and uh, trained journalists who are journalists first and broadcasters second. It should mm. be the other way around. So mm. if, you're, if you're conveying a message on radio, you should be a communicator, a broadcaster, a hello, here we are, this is important stuff, that sort of attitude, rather than uh, just words of a piece of paper, which is so much of what you hear these days. Mm. John, um, what role does your personal involvement have in doing the news? And the reason I'm asking this is I remember Mary Delahunty once doing the news in Melbourne, and I think she was doing a piece about some Australians that had been in prison and had been executed. And her face was rock steady, her voice was totally professional, and the tears were streaming down her face. And it was really a, a, a very difficult moment for me and, and I think for a lot of people watching. Well, what is the role of your personal involvement? Well, I, my attitude has always been, and this is what I've always said to any of the students I've had and work experience people. If the story upsets you, <coughs> excuse me, mm. if the story upsets you, it also upsets the listener. Okay. The person driving the truck, the bloke mm. in the blue signal driving down the, down the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, if it upsets you, you, it upsets him too, because he's a human being and you must not um, try to put your humanness out of the picture. Okay. Hmm. Um, how, at the same time, then, do you convey a, the, the feeling of importance and sincerity? Just by tone of voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, that, that, that's all it is. If it's, if it's an important... Um, uh, most of the stories are important, Rolly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one way or another. <laughs> yeah, but in different ways. Yep. In different ways, of course. Yeah. Some, got... some are laced with emotion. Mm. Uh, I don't suggest that you break down and cry while you're reading the news, although there have been stories that have brought me close to tears. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess in my case, my uh, experience has uh, prevented me from doing that, although I've had people say to me afterwards, you went a bit close in that story in Oxford. Really? Mm. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I've got Anne from Brackenridge on the line. We'll just see uh, what, what you both think of this. Hi, Anne. Oh, Hello. And what did you want to say about news reading? Well, I, I'm sure, I think I may have a little bit of a different slant on it, but um, I have been noticing that not only politicians, but also news readers, are, I feel, getting a bit slack with their wording. I picked this up, on a, I picked up a number of times, but I was quick enough to write it down on the weekend. I found out in the end it was the Victorian Premier, but he was talking about, it was regarding the Victorian terror laws, and uh, he said, this is two of the best people. Now, two is plural. These are. That should be these are. Now, not only have I noticed it a lot with politicians, but I've actually noticed it a lot with newsreaders as well, and 
Okay, well that's but, that's interesting. Yeah. And thank you. Sorry, um, just the casualness of tone. Let's let's start with that. That's um, interesting. Volly, have you noticed a, a more casual tone with newsreaders? Uh, I was thinking actually more about the old BBC newsreaders, which mm-hmm. in the early days under Lord Reith were all male. Yes, um, it was believed that women weren't sufficiently serious to read the news. Mm. Uh, times have changed, thank you. Yes, they have. But they they had. Um, almost a stiff personality you know here is the news from the bbc and so on and here is so and so reading it mm. and and there was a, a a kind of almost theatrical scriptedness about it mm. well i'll just play some james dibble okay. from the yeah. abc and in australia and only this month we've had a change of federal government for the first time in 23 years beautiful voice oh yes lovely a great, great, a great news mm. isn't it yes um, while we're on the subject, John, um, are, are there any newsreaders of now or yesteryear that you would regard as being a really good model to look at? I like, uh, on, on Channel 9, I like uh, Andrew Lofthouse. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yes. Not just because he's one of my old students, but because... <laughs> we, we trained him up and he, uh, he defected to commercial, but yeah, that's okay. I, I did programs with Lofty for two or three years, so I know his voice very well. Same game. Um, yep. And also, um, oh, for goodness sake, uh, uh, mental blockage. Shelley Lloyd was one yes. of yours. Steve Austin mm-hmm. was one of yours, morning's yeah, presenter. Shelley Lloyd does yep. a terrific job, I think. Mm, I think uh, too. Uh, she just... She's just got what it takes. Mm-hmm. She communicates, she gets into the microphone, comes out the speaker in your car or wherever you are, and uh, she's there. She's, she's telling you the news. She's not reading you the news. Mm-hmm. She's telling you what's happening or what's about to happen or what has happened. And uh, I regard her as a, uh, mm-hmm. a role model for mm-hmm. Terrific. journalists wanting to to learn the broadcast craft. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I, I like your your distinction between reading the news and telling a story because it is, in fact, a narrative. And, no, the narrative has a structure and either you can get people involved in it or it simply becomes a, almost a recitation of facts. And that way, that seems to me to fall short of what the news is. Mm. Um, that's interesting. I'm just going to play a bit of BBC from 1967. Oh. A little bit of sport from Robert Dougal. Soccer and the fifth round of the FA Cup. In Liverpool, more than 60,000 people packed the Everton ground this evening to see the home team beat Liverpool 1-0. So I love that packed the ground. Packed it's like the ground. there's energy behind those words that then sort of f- force the sentence through and, and give you a uh, an idea of what the story's about, but also... Uh, how you should take it as well, the emotion behind the story. And, John, I sometimes I find that energy lacking in delivery. Oh, it is. It definitely is. I go back to that um, oh, that classic piece where there's a, a BBC announcer. I don't know whether it was a, just a plain announcer or a plain newsreader or a combination of both, which is what we used to have to be, uh, describing a uh, Spitfire and a Messi Spit 109 having a go in at each other over the white cliffs of Dover. Mm. And he got right into it. And he comes to Spitfire now, he's just getting on the tail of the 109, and uh, the 109 is diving out of the way. The Spitfire's got him, though. He's, you know, he, his voice would <laughs> reach, and, and, and that, that theatre would come through. Mm. Yeah, but then this is that was a commentary rather than the news, wasn't it? More like sports thing because Dougal doing doing the the football there, you wouldn't imagine that sort of intonation or energy being part of a report from the United Nations Security Council. 
Hardly. Hardly, no. <laughs> but that means also that the newsreader is going to have possibly quite a bit of variation to accommodate different mm. stories at different parts of the news, yeah? yeah? Oh, yes, very definitely. I used to teach my kids, um, and I call them kids, they're very, very much not kids. We're all your kids, <laughs> aren't we, John? All I, those who uh, worked with you. I, I, would, I would say, look... You've got it with your voice. When you're using your voice, use the full range. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got a low note, uh, the lowest note that you can go to, and you've got the highest note you can go to. Uh, but most mm -hmm. people don't use anywhere near that level of the spectrum, mm -hmm. and they only sort of speak in an almost monotone. Yeah, and uh, that, that rather reduces the both the impact and and the communicative effectiveness of what you're doing, doesn't it? Yeah, very definitely. Yeah. And Barbara from Mitchelton on that. Hi, Barbara. Hello. You wanted to talk to about the uh, audibility of voices. Yes. Uh, just listening to what was being said, I can see that news reading is really storytelling. But I was, I've cared for my aged parents, but I also taught children with special needs, hearing impaired, etc. And I find that some newsreaders' voices use a lot of high range and not their low range very much, which makes a huge difference to audibility. Mm. And, oh, absolutely. And particularly with um, when you're listening to the news in the car, when you've got a lot of distraction, but certainly for people who are hearing impaired, mm. um, unless a newsreader uses a variety to catch the attention, um, pacing it when you know, oh, this is important, I'd better listen to this one, but it is tone and and range. That range is probably a reflection that if you need to listen, you need a lower voice to hear. Mm. That that is interesting. AM especially AM radio is very very unkind to voices with higher tones. Mm -hmm. uh, digital not so much. Um, digital you get a more natural sounding. Yeah, I think the, the distribution of frequencies is is more faithful. Mm, yeah. Uh, AM is right. I, I wanted to ask John another thing because I, I was born in, in Melbourne in 45. I went to live in New Zealand in 56. And when I left, it was Argonauts time. We did that last week and the mm -hmm. heroic British voices on news and current affairs on the ABC. When I came back, it was all Australian. When was the swap over? And, and John, what, what, what were the points where we started to see Australian voices taking over on the news? Because I wasn't there. I would suggest that probably around about the... Uh uh, 54, 55 era, okay. and progressively ever since then. Mm. Mm. And it became, you know, well, it, you know, it's been always uh, Australian voices um, since those times. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. What, what, one other thing that, that I think is lacking these days is, is, is uh, correct, correct handling of words. Okay. We, uh, that, 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 take, that takes an emphasis and it takes on um, the sound of the words. For instance, when I was doing a radio course in Melbourne, there was a, a broadcast training organisation called the Vincent School of Broadcasting. Okay. And they used to bring along quite frequently throughout the, uh, the course a chap from the ABC, I don't know what he was called, whether he was the language master or what, but <laughs> he taught us how to sound our vowels properly mm -hmm. and uh, not, forget, not to forget the consonants, so that each word had, had its own 
level of importance. Mm-hmm. And uh, in those days, there was a great deal of emphasis placed on vowel sounds. I think mine have gone a little bit to the pot lately, but uh, <laughs> I've been retired for uh, for 10 years now. Your vowels have slipped, sir. They've definitely <laughs> slipped, you see. But he, one, one in particular he used to highlight, and that was the I sound. Okay. It, you can always pick an Australian by the way he pronounces his eyes. Mm-hmm. It comes out as an oi. That's right. Mm. And a bit of a diphthong. Mm-hmm. Oi. It's, it's actually very tricky, though. My, my, my students, who are 85% from overseas, ask me quite often, you know, where is the Australian speaker that we ought to imitate? Uh, you know, a sort of a prototypical educated Australian. That's, that's a terrific, terrifically mm. difficult question. Um, some of the women broadcasters for the ABC, I think, do awfully well. Yes. People like Geraldine Doog. Oh, but that, that, groundbreaking. Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a beautifully produced voice. Mm. And uh, there was a lady who used to, I did programs with in Adelaide called Carol Whitelock, who was, who was but that, mm. she was British. Yes. Um, the question is, how do you get the, the right balance of natural Australian pronunciation and educated in there? That's a difficult question. Isn't I think it? you've either got it or you haven't got it, but yeah. I'm sure you can work at anything, really. I've a friend of mine who, is, uh, who was born in Italy came out here. Um, I'm sure he wouldn't mind uh, using his name. His name now is John Kerr, mm-hmm. and he was on Brisbane Radio, Perth Radio. He's been everywhere. And uh, he studied he studied very closely the way Australians pronounce their words. Okay. So all traces of his Italian accent were gone. Mm. Wow. And uh, I, I guess... I guess it's a, an individual thing where you've got to pick somebody that you think speaks well mm-hmm. and say, that's my role model. And yep. I suppose that you feel comfortable with because trying to be something that you're not. And it, it, Leelin Chin is a marvellous example of British English on SBS, but mm. she's not the sort of model that would do for most Aussies. No, but I do. I agree with you, absolutely. Mm. Mm. Now, we've got um, Steve from Deception Bay. Hi, Steve. Oh, good afternoon to everybody. How are you all? Good. Well, who was one of your favourites? Well, I've got to think back, and I remember back in the 60s and the 70s, I used to watch the Channel 9, oh, I hate to say this, but no, no offence to the ABC. That's all right, no, no, <laughs> you're good. But it's on fine. Channel 9 News, Don Second was one of their major news readers mm. for years. Yes. And he came across as a very ordinary person, and I remember the Channel 9 promo. They had him pulling into his local garage, I think it was like in the western suburbs, like Rosalie or something in Brisbane. And he'd pull into his local garage, he got out of the car, which was a family station wagon, and started filling up his petrol tank, and he was talking to the local garage owner, I would imagine. Yeah. And they portrayed him as being an, op- an ordinary bloke. He just wore mm. shorts with his shirt hanging out. Mm-hmm. And Queensland. The other thing, yeah, the other thing that impressed me was that when the 1974 floods came on in January, mm. he was going into people's homes dressed not in a suit or anything, but just in his ordinary, you know, live-and-day home clothes, and he actually was crying when he sh- showed everybody what would happen to people's homes. Mm. And he came across as just being an ordinary working bloke who just mm. happened to be have a job that was working on Channel 9 reading the news. Yeah. It's in- it's, sorry, sorry, I was going to say, it's, it's interesting you bring that up. Thank you, because, uh, well, of course, one of the, the newsreaders who was uh, in Brisbane for a very long time and around Queensland was um, Brian Carl, of course, who's oh, now yes. passed away, and Brian's home was destroyed. In the 74 floods. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't find any audio of Brian, unfortunately, Aww. from his early broadcast days. I was mm. looking around for some because I did a bit of uh, theatre with him back in the day. And he was one of those who also had beautiful delivery, John Knox. Yes, he did. He had uh, 
virtually perfect diction mm. and uh, perfect delivery, I think so. And also uh, uh, somebody who comes to mind uh, is um, Melody Arnoff, or Melody Welsh as she was when she first went on television okay. reading mm. news. I thought her delivery, her, set, her vowels, her, everything to do with her words uh, mm. was perfect. Mm. I just want to play a little bit of uh, this woman from SBS, who I think broke the mould a little. Coming up in SBS World News tonight, who is in and who is out in Tony Abbott's cabinet shake-up? And warnings, we should expect more cyber attacks from North Korea. Details at 6.30. That's an accent all over the place, Rolly Sussex, but it's uh, beautiful to listen to. I love Lee Lin Chin. And it's Too scared to say I don't, to be perfectly qu- honest. The quality of the voice is lovely. <laughs> but she's Singapore yes. Chinese, of course, mm. with a most beautifully produced British accent. Um, but again, it's, it's, I think she's the only one of our current news presenters who's actually not Aussie. And that's mm. interesting because, you know, our accent has arrived and we feel comfortable with it. Not the way it was when I was, when I was a kid, learning, you know, listening to Biggles and the Argonauts. Do you remember Biggles, John? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> you were an Argonaut, surely. I was an Argonaut and Hyperion 17 was there my... Everyone was, remembers their Argonaut name and number. I was Antinous 9. Yeah, they, these are important <laughs> things. But, they certainly well, are. Biggles, uh, I was Biggles. You were? And I still am. All right. <laughs> Love it. John Knox, it's been so great having a chat with you today. Thank you. Oh, delightful to uh, share the airwaves with you again, and uh, particularly with Rolly Sussex, uh, who's always been a, uh, oh, not exactly a hero. That's a much adult word, but uh, you know what I'm saying. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, John. John Knox, who uh, was my my boss when I was working at uh, the 4KQ newsroom. And, And still a voice beautifully. Beautifully oh. produced and lovely to listen to. Absolutely. Now, we've got David from Bribey Island. Uh, no, we don't have David. Yes, we do have David from Bribey Island. Hi, David. Is that David? No, David's gone, I think. But mm. um, David was saying the English call, mm. did the BBC call it soccer? Because you know that there's this ongoing row uh, about is it yes. football is it soccer? Uh, this uh, is the BBC in 1967. Soccer. And the fifth. There we go. Yeah. Done. And if they're the Socceroos, it's soccer. Yeah, except that I'm afraid there is a kind of conspiracy which says that the round ball game is football and everything else is either rugby or yeah. AFL. Um, well, after last night, no. <laughs> Yay. There's not much fun. Footy work happening in rugby league. Nah. Still football, though. Football. Now, another um, sort of Queensland institution, of course, Bruce Page, who started oh, with yes. the ABC. The yeah. federal opposition unveils its industrial relations and wages policy and calls for a new industrial tribunal to replace the Arbitration Commission. Now, that was the early days of Bruce. That was educated Australian English in a Mm. beautiful balance. Remember, John was talking about how you get your balance between educated and natural. Mm. I think Bruce, in front of a microphone, he was relaxed. He sounded natural, Mm. persuasive, engaged, and just, you know, just seemed to be very, very, very right. Mm. His voice didn't seem to change much. Uh, This is Bruce pretty much 40 years later when he retired. Over recent months, my family and I have been contemplating life after television. After 40-plus years in this business, and it really is one I love, that's a very big thing to get your head around. Mm, so an older voice, 
but the same the same tone, the same yeah. sort of delivery. Whereas the Queen, say, over 50 years has, has mm. changed very significantly in, in her delivery, much less super upper class British and more, more middle class in a way. Mm. Now yeah. we've got a few... Sorry, Rolly, keep yeah, going. I'm, no, I'm done. Um, Paul and Barbara rang in, both great big fans of James Dibble, who oh, we yes. heard a little bit oh, yes. earlier. And Hugo from Kalamala rang in. Hi, Hugo, to say one of the best newsreaders, Michael Bausch. There you go. And yet Bausch, he, he, oh no, he's celebrating in the uh, producer's office, but uh, he doesn't consider himself a, a newsreader no? as such. But I do, yeah. Think he's he reads good, the news awfully well for someone who doesn't claim they do it. That's exactly right. So well, lots of tips and tricks in there for people who are yeah. thinking of becoming broadcasters. Mm. And uh, one of the key key things you, I think you learn as you go on is in, in radio, I can't speak to the other mediums, but is to speak through the microphone and out the other end, mm. as John would, would tell you. It's it's about not just not just talking but actually engaging yeah. and and speaking to somebody. When we're always told, talk like there's one person in the room with you, mm. even when you're alone. <laughs> it, is a, it is a conversation. Yes. And when you're in front of a microphone and you can't see the audience, mm. you've got to kind of imagine what sort of people are out there listening and the, con- the context in which they are. Mm. Car radios, home radios, you know. Mm, lots of different ways. Yeah, not Phones not as in the 30s, sitting around the radio. <laughs> the wireless. The wireless, yeah. Back in the day. Thank you so much. That Robert. was fascinating. Thanks for getting all that material together. You're it was very, very welcome. Yeah. Now, you... next week we're going to do Australian prime ministers ah. and get the uh, the different tones of voice, the tones of voice yeah. over the years. Ah. So that should be a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone who called in. Sorry we didn't get to everyone. You have a last word. Rolly. I do indeed. There was a young man who, in his youth, wanted to become a great writer, and when he was asked to define great, he said, "I want to write stuff that the whole world will read, stuff that people will react to on an emotional level, that will make them scream, cry, howl in pain and anguish." And he now works writing error messages for a computer company. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. 